Welcome to Genomics Now, a podcast series where you can learn how genomics is developing in England's NHS. This podcast series, recorded in 2021, is part of the North Thames Genomic Medicine Services Educational Toolkit. In each 10-minute episode, we explore what is changing in genomics. We answer the questions on genomics we've been asked by the different healthcare professionals. We talk about the ways genomics may impact different healthcare roles and how genomics can be used to successfully improve patient care. So hello, uh, my name is Dr. Dahlia Hopmeyer and I'm a genomics clinical fellow at Great Ormond Street Hospital. Hi, I'm Helen Roach. I'm a consultant urologist at Chelsea and Westminster Hospital. I also work in a neurogenetics clinic at Imperial College Healthcare NHS Trust. Great, thank you so much for being here today, Helen. And today we're going to talk about the family implications of genetic test results. And I just wanted to start with why are genetic results important for family members as well as the person being tested? Okay, well, in order to understand that, we need to know that genetic testing results um, are essentially reflecting a variant or a fault that might be present in the DNA code. And this in turn has the potential to change the structure of the protein produced and how certain body tissues or processes work. Now, all of us share a proportion of our DNA with family members and how much depends on how closely we are related to somebody. So if a family member has inherited a disease-causing variant in their DNA, then it's quite possible that other family members may have inherited the same genetic variant. Mm -hmm. And that in turn might have implications for their current or future health and decisions they might make about, for example, starting or extending a family. Okay, thank you, Helen. And can you tell us a bit about what the possible implications might be? Sure, yes. I mean, if you're a family member of somebody with a genetic condition and you've inherited the same disease-causing variant in a gene that they have, then you might be at risk of developing the same condition that your family member has. Mm -hmm. Now, how high that risk is depends on the particular genetic condition. So, for example, whether it is dominantly inherited, meaning you only need one faulty copy of the gene, or whether it's a recessive condition, in which case you need to have inherited two faulty copies of a gene to be affected. The gender of your affected relative may also be relevant. Some genetic conditions are inherited through variants in genes on the X chromosome, in which case women are often unaffected or less severely affected because they often have a healthy copy of the gene on their other X chromosome to compensate. Some conditions are also inherited through variants in the mitochondrial DNA. Now, the mitochondria are little organelles or like batteries present mm. in every cell in the body. But crucially, they are only inherited from women. Now, in some cases, family members might want to know if they have inherited the same DNA change as their affected relative, even if they have no symptoms themselves. They might want to use this information to make important life choices, such as whether to retire early, whether to move closer to family or friends for support, or in decisions about family planning. Now, in some cases, for example, with the cancer predisposition genes, knowing information about whether you carry a genetic variant is really helpful in deciding whether to have surgery or screening in order to reduce your risk of developing a familial cancer. And mm -hmm. in a few rare cases, we also know that there's a clear link between having a certain genetic variant 
and lifestyle factors, such as whether you smoke in developing some particular types of genetic lung conditions. Great, thank you so much for that. So I could really see how there are a huge number really of implications of these results. And what are some of the challenges in sharing this information? Well, certainly, as you probably gathered already, just the volume of information that people need to take on board mm -hmm. um, when they find out that a family member has a genetic condition and understanding genetic concepts such as what DNA is and inheritance patterns can be quite complex, particularly if you don't have a scientific background or you didn't study science at school. Mm. So from our perspective as clinicians, having clear communication and education is really important. Um, it's important that we have time to spend with patients and their families, um, explaining all this information, answering all their questions. And it's also important to take family circumstances into account because knowing that you carry a genetic condition is really quite personal health information. And although it does have implications for other family members, not everybody is on good terms with their biological family. So counseling people prior to and after genetic testing needs time and sensitivity and respect. Mm -hmm. We also see people who are sometimes completely asymptomatic, but they perhaps discovered that a first degree relative carries a genetic condition. So for example, something like Huntington's disease, which is dominantly inherited. So that means that if you have a parent who has been affected with the condition, you have a 50-50 chance mm. of inheriting that same genetic variation variant and developing the condition yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, conditions like Huntington's disease, which is a, it's a progressive fatal neurodegenerative condition for which there is currently no treatment or cure. And so as we as clinicians need to be really sure that people have carefully thought through why they would want to know this genetic information, what they would do with this information, regardless of whether the test is positive or negative. And it's important for us to ensure that people have the appropriate support and to ensure that they don't regret their decision to have the test in the first place. Definitely. Yeah, I can really see how this kind of information could have a huge impact um, on the person and their family. And how can families be supported in this context? Well, aside from ensuring that people have enough time to talk to all this information, have time to ask questions, um, I find that it's important to support people by um, explaining things clearly. My personal clinical practice is I like to start by assuming no prior knowledge of genetics. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the patients I meet may not even have a GCSE in biology or may have covered the subject many, many years ago when they were at school. Mm -hmm. um, I personally like to draw out simple diagrams just to clearly illustrate the inheritance pattern of the condition which that is affecting their particular family. So I might, for example, start by explaining that we all have DNA, which is the code of protein that it takes how our bodies are made and function, our eye colour, our hair colour, all sorts of mm -hmm. things. Um, I'll then perhaps move on to explain that the DNA is packaged into chromosomes and that humans have 22 numbered chromosomes. Women also have two X chromosomes and men have an X and a Y chromosome. And I'll perhaps draw an illustration to show that all genes come in pairs with one copy on each chromosome and that when a couple have children, one copy of each gene is inherited from each biological parent. 
So using that information, I will then draw out a simple diagram to show what happened if one of a couple carried a faulty gene that caused the condition that runs in that particular family. And I'll adapt this material depending on whether the relevant pattern of inheritance in the family is dominant or recessive, or whether it's linked to the X chromosome, or whether mm -hmm. it's a mitochondrial condition. Mm -hmm. I found that patients really appreciate this approach. They often take away my drawing to future reference. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Other family members. Um, I think it's also important that patients have a contact telephone number and email um, address for the genetics clinic that they go to, because quite often we give patients a lot of information, then they go home, they talk to other family members, and then they've got follow-up questions that they want to ask. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that people know who to contact and who they can bring those questions to. And quite often, um, we will see families who will come back to the clinic two or three times with more questions before they decide to proceed with genetic testing. Um, the structure of a clinic is also really important. Um, having a multidisciplinary clinic with the input of a specialist nurse or genetic counsellor can be extremely helpful in relation to this because these individuals are highly skilled in talking to families and answering their questions and in some cases they can liaise with other family members if that particular patient um, or the person who's affected feels uncomfortable about talking to their wider family about their particular condition. Definitely thank you for that um, I mean I can definitely see it's a huge amount of information that we are giving to our patients and their families. And we've gone through all the different implications, which it's really a lot to take on. So where can patients and their families learn more about genetic testing? Yes, I mean, you're absolutely right. There is a huge amount to take on board. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I think, quite important to give patients information leaflets or diagrams that they can look at when they go home. There are, of course, a number of support organisations. The one that I quite like to signpost patients to is the Genetic Alliance. They have an excellent website, um, which is just at www.geneticalliance.org.uk. And that provides a range of simple explanations of genetic concepts of inheritance, as well as some really helpful links to support organisations for a number of particular genetic conditions as well. So fantastic. Thank you so much for being here today for this podcast. Thank you very much. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Genomics Now, a series of conversations hosted by healthcare professionals of the North Thames Genomic Medicine Service. Our aim is to complement other genomic-focused educational tools with bite-sized podcasts that explore how clinical genomics is developing in England's NHS. If you have any suggestions for topics you would like us to develop as part of the Genomics Now podcasts, please let us know. Also, we'd love to hear about the episodes you've enjoyed and how they have helped you with training. Please get in contact with us on the link given with this podcast or tweet us at North Thames GLH. You will find this and other educational resources at the North Thames GLH website.